This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Sleek Geeks, Dr. Carl and Adam Spencer. Hey, how are you going, Sleek Geek? Hi, it's Adam Spencer and Dr. Carl with you. It's coming up towards Christmas. Carl, how about a special, a Sleek Geeks Christmas special? I love Christmas because there's nothing wrong with having a holiday and a good time. And I'd like to point out right at the beginning, let's make this clear. Santa is real. You got that? Santa is real. Oh, yeah. Oh, Santa's real. Never suggested otherwise. Scientifically proven. In all the peer-reviewed literature, the references to him imply that he has to be real. He is real. Kids, Santa is real. Okay. Just thought we'd get that out there first. The Sleek Geeks Christmas podcast is brought to you by the number... 78 from my big book of numbers. 78 You'll struggle. twice 39. That's true. Prime number. No, it's not. 39 is three lots of 13. Oh, oh, right. Okay, so it's six lots of 13. I'll give you a clue. Yeah. Five gold rings. Um, Bunch of days after Christmas thingy. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. How do I get 78 from the... Oh, add up the total number of... There you go. If I was to give someone 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords are leaping, 9 ladies dancing, 8 maids are milking, 7 swans are swimming, 6 geese are laying, 5 gold rings, 4 calling birds, 3 French hens, 2 turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree, I'd have given them 12 presents plus 11 plus 10 plus 9 plus 8 dot 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 plus 3 plus 2 plus 1, 78 gifts. Hang on, are you saying that I don't have to go adding 1 plus 2 plus 3? There's a shortcut? There is indeed a shortcut. Now, strictly I'm saying the partridge and the pear tree are just contained as one gift there. We'll get Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, so those are, when you add up numbers like that, so uh, imagine the number 1 mm-hmm. as a single dot. Yep. Then let's add a 1 and put two dots beside it. They'd form a little sort of triangle, yeah? Yep. Then we could put a 1 and 2 dots and 3 dots beside that. Isn't this a handy graphic I've suddenly summoned up? One plus two plus three is six, and that'd again be a triangle, wouldn't it? Dot, then two dots, then three dots Ah. beside that. One plus two plus three plus four is ten. These are called the triangular numbers. Ah. One, three, six, ten, fifteen, twenty-one, twenty-eight, thirty-six, forty-five, fifty-five... 66, 78. Did you work them out or did you remember them? I was working them out because I was adding adding four, then adding five, then adding six, then adding... I'm a, I'm a nerd, but I don't my, know my triangular numbers off my heart, Carl. Oh, come on. Please. Uh, so, so it's like a triangle that keeps on increasing in size at the base? Yes. And so the way that you work out the formula for the triangular numbers, the nth, nth. triangular number, so triangular number N mm-hmm. is equal to N times N minus 1 mm-hmm. divided by 2. This is a formula. So the fourth triangular number is, sorry, is N times N plus 1 divided by 2. So the fourth triangular number is 4 Time times five. 4 plus 1, which is 5, it's 20, divided by 2 gave us the 10. So the 12 blah, blah, blahs is the 12th triangular number. So that'd be 12, 12 times 13, 12 plus 1, all divided by 2. So 12 divided by 2 is 6. 6 13s are oh, 78. Six plus a 13. 78. Wow. There you go, your triangular. You do it? That's your triangular numbers. Love the triangular numbers. Anyway. Hang on, but 6 is... A perfect number as well. Six is perfect and triangular. Is that uh, is it allowed? Well, under the Geneva Convention. Well, and well, twenty-eight. 
is perfect and triangular. No. Yeah. Oh, you got, is, is that a coincidence? No, there's all these beautiful relationships between the yeah, triangular numbers and You're perfect numbers. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. We'll get there later. Wow. Or see my book. Well, what's the name of your book, Adam? Uh, Adam Spencer's Big Book of Numbers. Everything you want to know about the numbers 1 to 100. Let's talk the numbers of Christmas and the science of Christmas, Dr. Carl. Give me something Christmassy. Well, the thing about Christmas is, of course, Santa. Yes. Now, Santa has to visit a lot of kids. Mm. Mate, you do the... All num- the ones who've been good. Yes. Well, and, and in my experience, even some who've behaved pretty average end, they, up, end up getting a gift. Yeah, that's right. I, I think they should get a gift. He sets the bar very low, Santa, yeah, for good behaviour. Yeah. For and, mine. And the thing is, there are so many kids that if you work out the mathematics of it, mm-hmm. it turns out that he has to visit... A thousand children per second Mm -hmm. and travel at a speed from one child to the next at a thousand kilometres a second. Thousand kilometres a second? Not just a thousand kilometres an hour, Mm -hmm. which is your jetty type speed, Mm -hmm. but 3,600 times faster. Now, I remember once in the old days when you could sit in the front of an aeroplane with the captain and co pilot that they they read out the air temperature and I said, hang on. You said the skin temperature is different, and the air temperature outside was minus 40. The skin temperature, I think, was minus 3. I said, how come it's so much hotter? And they said, because we're pushing through the air. There's a pressure effect. Uh-huh. So in the same way, you know, when you pump up a bicycle with yes. a pump, yep. you know, when you compress the air, it gets hotter. Yep. Well, that's what's happening. You're compressing the air in front of the plane. The heated air gives some of its heat to the plane, so it heats up. Well, So a sander is travelling at 1,000 kilometres a Second, that he's experiencing a fair degree of heat? Beyond fair. Absolutely enormous. Way beyond hydrogen bomb type energies. Okay. Enough to vaporise Santa, unless for the fact that he is protected by the magic of Santa. Yes, yes. Hence is real. Okay, great stuff. And 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 the the the, the, the G forces. Because he's got he's got to get up to a thousand kilometers a second. He's got to get up to that speed, then he's got to also slow down mm. to zero for a, some instantaneous amount of time in, while he deposits. Yeah, in half, a thou- in half a thousandth of a second, he has to get up to full speed, and then in another half a thousandth of a second, he has to slow down. Well, so would, would he, as, as the elite pilot, say, be, quote, pulling a few Gs, end quote? Uh, I think the, the phrase that they use is turning into, quote, chunky red salsa. <laughs> What so? What are, just quickly as a tangent? G forces. Yeah. What are G forces? What does it mean to experience Gs? Um, that means that you would experience the same uh, feeling as if you lived on a planet where the mass was higher, and therefore you would be pulled by gravity. So uh, you, when you're experiencing two Gs, you'd, your effective weight for the mythical seventy kilogram human would your weight would be one hundred and forty. And so if someone, for example, at a fairground goes on a ride where you go along and swing around a corner quickly, you do mm. feel that sort of pressure on you, don't you? Is yeah, that, that's the equivalent the of feeling Gs? Uh, but they're, they're the kiddie Gs. You and I had the full-grade industrial-grade Gs when we went flying with the roulettes. Yes. And I remember getting up to four Gs and thinking, this is serious because suddenly the mythical 70-kilogram body is 280 kilograms and you're having to breathe in. And I remember feeling on my legs the G suit compressing on my legs, forcing the blood up into my heart yeah, so that I wouldn't pass out. So the flying suit you see your Top Gun mm. types wearing as they go to... Like you and me. ...get into the plane, 
that 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 was was that was squeezing on us. Yes, it was uh, fed with compressed air, and it was squeezing the firstly the lower limbs, the lower leg, the middle leg, the upper leg, and pushing the blood up into the chest cavity, where it was then pushing, squeezing around our tummy to push it into the heart, because otherwise the, the blood would pool in our lower limbs, and we would sort of go full colour, greying out. Black and white, unconscious. So because you're travelling at... Because you're experiencing G-force, it's mm. harder for your body to pump blood to and from the extremities. Depending on which way the G-forces are going. Normally, um, they're pushing the blood down to your feet. And that's a blackout. If they shove it the other way, that's a red out. And then you can have blood vessels in your brain bursting. If you've got a choice between going unconscious and having a stroke, generally go for the unconscious, but then you're left with a minor problem. If I'm unconscious, comma, who's flying the plane? Question mark. Hence the need for the G-suit. You with Dr. Cullen Adam Spencer on the Ask Slow Geeks. We're talking Christmas. We've diverted quickly into G's. I want to stay there for a second. Because mm. pilots' ability, people who want to be elite pilots, their ability to handle certain G-forces. I remember seeing a video of people who were about to be exposed to tremendous G-forces to see how they handled it, and you'd watch them black out. And I remember watching one of the guys, a particularly driven physical young man, getting himself in the zone going, come on, come on, here we go. And just blacked out anyway. So no amount of trying to be tough can stop you if your body just can't handle the Gs. A little bit can, if you've got a very thick neck, if you've got very good muscular tone in your legs and your abdomen, and then you can do the so-called Valsalva manoeuvre. Mm. I shall demonstrate by putting my fingers upon my nose mm-hmm. and then going and then pushing against my closed mouth with all of my air. And then my face begins to go red. Yeah. And so what I'm doing is increasing my intra-abdominal pressure. I'm helping to raise the blood up into my head. So any little bit helps. So, yes, the more physically trained you are, you get an extra half G, three quarters of G. I don't know what it is. It gives you an over, a bit of a margin over the untrained person who hasn't got those extra muscles. But Gs will get win in the end. Let's keep going with the science of Christmas then, Dr. Yes. Carl, on this Sleek Geeks special Christmas podcast. It's a time for a lot of uh, eating. Mm. People have to be careful about how much they eat, combining what they eat with alcohol, mm-hmm. and, and also for some people they have to be careful of, of what they eat. It's a, it's a time where people have to be careful, for example, of food allergies if they're just taking in all sorts of different foods over a big Christmas feast. Yes, and one of the problems is the increasing incredible prevalence, the increase in nut allergy mm. in our society. Mm. Where did it come from? As a father of a couple of young girls, when you walk through the school uh, office, you see all the little signs on the wall, this kid can't eat that, this kid can't eat that, and the anecdotes are that there are just you know, walls now plastered in warnings of different allergies, in particular nut allergies, that just 20 years ago weren't there at all. Yeah, and by the way, let's just define allergy as being you want to die. Okay. It's not just like, oh, That's a bit irritating. maybe I felt a bit bad. It means you want to die, and if we don't get out the EpiPen and shove adrenaline into you and stop your face from swelling, you can't get air through your airways, and you will die. That is mm-hmm. a full-on allergy, right? And this is happening more and more frequently in our society. What do we know about peanut allergies and why people have them or what is actually happening at the time of one of these Reactions. Um, you're setting off what's called the anaphylactic reaction. Ana means wrong, phylanx to guard, and so you're guarding wrongly. What you're trying to do is minimise some pollen 
the bad guy from getting into airways because it sets off a reaction. Unfortunately, the body is just doing this without control and a big overview. And sure, you can't get it won't get into your body, but you can't breathe either. But hey, it didn't get into your body, but I'm dead. Yeah, but at least I stopped it from getting into your body. Yeah, I was dead. I can't get everything. Okay, so anaphylactic shock is your airwaves closing down in a mm. desperate attempt to stop... That's a part of it. ..the substance getting into your body. Mm, the tongue swells so much so that they can't breathe past the bloody tongue. Oh, OK. So it's most terrible. people... So if, if someone has the an... airways swell. If someone has an anaphylactic shock, that is, it's not a heart attack or anything. It's normally... They choke to death. And it's also um, the blood pressure just drops precipitously. A whole cavalcade of things happen that is wrong for this particular situation. It, is, it, is it right that there is a lot more nut allergy now than there was in the past? Because sometimes when you see an increase in something, you've got to be careful. It can be it's just being reported a lot more accurately or a stigma's been lifted or we're starting to understand more. So have, it, it's, it's not the case that kids have just always had these nut allergies and we're only taking them seriously now because if you're talking about people dying from anaphylactic shock, people would have noticed. It, it, mm. does, is it true on the face of it that there is just significantly more nut allergy now in young people than there was 20 years ago? More in Western society, but not in China where they use peanut oil everywhere. Oh. They love their peanut oil. They don't want them to process the peanuts into the peanut oil in a different way that is quicker and slightly more economical for the manufacturer, but uses higher temperatures, which can and does make the allergen-forming chemicals. I read the paper. The high heat process forces the production of nasty chemicals, which gives a slightly increased profit for the peanut manufacturer, but gives a massive load economic health and physical distress onto the society. A small benefit for a small company, a massive load to the society. So that's if you're eating something that's been cooked in a peanut oil that's been through that heating process and that's has more right. allergens. I thought people could have anaphylactic shock just from eating a handful of peanuts as well. Um, once they've been sensitised. So you're not seeing this rise in China where they say, mate, we like our peanuts the way they've been for the last th thousand years. Don't try to make an extra 2% profit. We just want them to, to tasting exactly the way they are. We got it right a couple of thousand years ago. No point in changing. The, a, a wheel is perfect. It's round. You can't make it better by making it a hex hexagonal. Do not stuff around with how we make peanuts. But in the West, we change the process. And that then led to the production of a whole bunch of chemicals which then sensitised the kids so that if they go to eat raw, unprocessed peanuts, mm. they've been sensitised. Off they go. Uh, so their body is still terrified of the allergen impact mm. and has the reaction regardless. So even though strictly those peanuts would be safe yes. to eat? If they hadn't been pre-sensitised by a year, a month, two years earlier, eating nuts that had been put through the high heat process that made the nasty chemicals. It's as simple as that. And it's the body's, the body's ability to remember that previous trauma in an attempt to protect itself in the future is what brings on the anaphylactus. Isn't it tragic? Wow. What you're seeing here is a case of the difference between the private good and the common good. And so... A company saves a small amount of money. The shareholders get a slight increase in profit. 
Think about the cost of the society. When I was working as a doctor in the kids' hospital, you admit a kid overnight, which I did all the time, minimum of $1,000 a day. Mm -hmm. The cost, the financial cost of the health system is enormous. Let alone the social cost of kids being terrified of everything they eat all the time, restaurants having to do this and then prepare food separately. So it is suggested... Strongly suggested. It's strongly suggested that if we passed certain laws and regulations about the way peanuts are treated in cooking, et cetera, but within a couple of generations we could move... Within half a generation we'd move away from this allergy. This is a case where the government should govern well, on for the, the benefit of its citizens. On the topic of our Christmas special, yeah, wouldn't that be a great Christmas present if you're listening, governments? What's up? Twitter time. Yeah! Come on! Twitter! Here's a question for you, Dr Carl. You can send your Twitter questions to at Sleek Geeks or hashtag Sleek Geeks in a question you pose on Twitter. We'd love to know what you want to know. Ho, 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 Carl. Ho, ho, ho. Father Christmas laughing. Yes. <laughs> He's such a merry, jolly dude. Why do we laugh? I've been chasing the answer to that question for years and luckily... A sort of answer has evolved over the last five, ten years. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I do remember seeing a show on an Italian comedian who was making the audience laugh, and then he'd come off and talk to the interviewer and say, now I'm going to go back and make them laugh with an open mouth and go, ho, ho, ho. Anyway, the study of laughter is called gelontology, which is not studying gels, but laughter and its physiological and psychological effects. Is that G-E-L? Yep. O-N-T? Gelot. 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 Ology. Mm. Okay, gelatology. Yeah, and we never really had a good answer, and I was building up this file since 1985, man. Mm-hmm. And the old answer was it was a way of bonding. Something happens, I fall over, uh, to cover up the embarrassment, I laugh, you laugh, we all laugh together. Mm-hmm. It says it happens to all of us, it's okay. In a tribe. Yeah, because remember... Makes us stronger. We, we have to be strong because the fingernails, mate, I couldn't rip out your guts if I tried. I have mm-hmm. decent claws. My teeth, not as good as a dog. The only thing that makes us strong is the fact that we bond together as group. And, and and once we're bonded, then in adversity, we're more likely to look after each other because we're all the sort of people who laugh together occasionally. Yeah, sort of works as a, 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 a lowercase t theory, gets yeah. by. Okay, well, here's a better one. Luckily, it's more complicated and no, it has more syllables. Nice. Cognitive cleanup mechanism. Cognitive cleanup mechanism, C-C-U-M. <laughs> so the universe is, of course, compli- complicated and it's big mm-hmm. and we have to simplify it and it's also hostile. And so we're always, without knowing it, unconsciously or subconsciously making predictions about the future. I'm walking down the street, maybe a garbage truck will come, bad man with a gun, whatever. You're always making these predictions and always throwing them away. Mm-hmm. And some of these incorrect predictions you make are so wrong, they become what you'd call incongruous and ridiculous, and then this would lead to a state of mirth. Hey, and here's an example, I thought the Frisbee was getting bigger, comma, until it hit me in the head. Okay. It wasn't getting bigger, it was just getting closer towards me. Mm-hmm. And so that then leads to a feeling of mirth to cover up the embarrassment at being hit, and then that from the mirth gives you pleasure, which then, of course, leads to the bonding. So I guess the bonding by a more complicated pathway, which I guess is what psychology is about, if I want to get some hate mail from psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just, mirth. Yeah. Definitely there are physiological and psychological effects based on a sample size of 14. 
in 2010. <laughs> so we've got a way to go on this one. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, effects are that with regard to stress, you reduce adrenaline levels and cortisol levels, and these are both hormones of stress. So laughing reduces adrenaline and cortisol levels? On a sample size of 14. Okay. And with regard to the immune system, it increases the number of antibodies and the floating T-cells, which in most cases are the good guys that fight the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And in terms of cardiovascular system, it uh, opens up the blood vessels, which reduces your blood pressure and gets lowers the low-density lipoproteins, supposedly the bad guys, and increases the high-density ones, the high-density lipoproteins, which are the good ones. And one weird thing about laughter Mm -hmm. happens in humans, some primates, and no other animals. The laughing hyena doesn't. That was a bit of a misnomer there. Laughing hyenas don't laugh. No, no. It's just some weird way of picking on them because they're basically a female-dominated society. And they are also looked down upon as cowardly animals. And I think this is a way of dissing the virtually only female-dominated animal society in the world to get a you know, whole, whole male paternity thing. Anyway, and it happens in many different sites in the brain, and some of the sites are part of the higher sites in the brain where you do the income tax, poetry, and weapons of mass destruction, the things, mm. that, make, things that make us human. But other ha- parts happen in the primeval parts, as primeval as keeping your heart beating and your lungs breathing. Laughter occurs in both of those areas yeah, of the brain. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a little bit further, still not there. Long I know I do find a shortage of funny movies. We, we do have a long way to go. Ho, ho, ho. Anything else Christmassy you want to tell the good people listening to this Slick Geeks podcast, Dr. Carl? Well, I celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve because I come from Middle Europe. Uh-huh. So we give our presents away on Christmas Eve. And then, because I've married into a family of uh, Anglo people, they celebrate again on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I get two Christmases. <laughs> How many do you get, Dr. Adam? I get as many as I choose to have. Now, that's the right way to do it. Enjoyment is good. I discovered when I was 16 that the purpose of life is to get happy. The hard part is how to get happy. And you suggested one way. Have as many Christmases as you like. Sleep cakes.